Hi, Jenna. Welcome to your show. Good morning. Thank you. I'm excited to be today's guest host and uh, and to get to learn a little bit more about your story. You're the Senior VP of Client Success and Head of Talent and Culture at Wine Direct. But more importantly, you describe yourself as a mother and a mentor to many people that you love. Does that seem about right? This is correct. I do. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? What do you love? You know, every day for me is different. I, I wish I could tell you I'm somebody who wakes up and I have this ritual that I go through every single day and this defines me and I have a ritual for bedtime and I don't. Sometimes I fall asleep with my makeup on mm. and some mornings I wake up and I'm out of bed and shooting and other mornings I lay and I, you know, take my time and meditate. Um, so I would say I'm a, a varied person, a layered person. Mm. Um, I, at my core, I care about other people. I really, I deeply, deeply care about others, especially women. Um, I've had a journeyed and a storied life and I will continue to, but my passion is to, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to share my story with other women, mm. if nothing else, to give them permission to attempt to live their best life as well. So I, th- I think that goes into the, the the theme and the topic of this podcast. You're starting out with a very bold name. I am Jenna. Mm-hmm. And providing a, a space for your guests, providing a space for other women that are listening. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about your vision for this show and, and what it will become? Sure. You know, it started out as I thought about, you know, what am I even going to talk about? What, who wants to hear from me even? And my natural inclination was to lean into wine and what people are drinking and, and we'll do, we'll do, we'll have fun. We're going to talk about, you know, wine and what are people's favorites and why and, and all those things are great because I think there it's a, it's a phenomenal exchange um, of, of learning someone's tastes and inclinations and it can, you can spark lots of conversations around that. At the same time, I do want to pull a couple of layers back. I'm happy to start with myself first and, and share some you know, very intimate details about my life and mm-hmm. my journey. Um, and then as well, I'd like my guests to do the same. I'd like them to feel comfortable in coming in, providing a platform that is safe, but where they can share things that may benefit others as well. It's interesting, the timing of this podcast as well, because you're, you're branching out entrepreneurially with Urban Vino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. And it's almost like... Um, maybe there's a couple things happening in my life it's sort of to get to that next level i always say what what got me here is not going to take me there Mm. right and so i'm very interested in learning what are those next steps i need to take to get to the next level and so um, for me i do believe that it's time for me to probably come out of my shell just a bit Mm. my girlfriend always says people are waiting for you people are waiting for you to you know do your thing and i do believe it's time for me to come out of my shell um maybe push myself from a business perspective and an entrepreneurial perspective, as well as push myself from a more spiritual aspect and dive into what's the real work. Mm. You know, do we need another wine on the shelf? Probably not. I think there's plenty, Mm. you know, but will I launch launch a wine? That's the plan. Mm. Um, But it'll have its own little purpose and and reason behind it. Um, But more so, you know, all the other things we do are really personas and shells and things that we do. After we put all that aside, then there's us, right? And, and if I change my job or never worked again or 
whatever. Hmm. Um, I'm still this human who's had some very real experiences that I think others can benefit from. So it may look like you're in the wine business on the surface, but there's a lot more to that. And even your friends have said, you're ready. The world is ready. We're ready. And even at dinner last night, you know, you joined my wife and I, and as we're eating, we're learning a little bit more about you. And you shared, yeah, there's a lot of people in my inner circle, middle circle, outer circle. They all kind of think they know me, but like, right? oh yeah, that's Jenna. So, I mean, let's start with your story. I, I mean, go back as far as you, as you want, but let's learn a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Well, for most of my life, I would say that most of my life and my greatest accomplishment has been being a mother. Mm. And it's interesting because I take that for granted, right? That was like the easy part. While it was the hardest part, it was the easiest part. Because even I remember being in high school and somebody asked me, what do you want to do? And I was like, I kind of just want to be a wife and a mother. You know, and that was, of course, met with like, what? You know, and it was just as women's lib, you know, coming off of women's lib and and that was a big thing then. And so I realized I had to have a thing, right? I, okay, I want to do this or that. But in my core, I really just loved children and rearing them and seeing the growth and knowing that you can take this little limber limb and, you know, shape it and, and help a little seedling find its way. And so that's really been the joy of my life. Mm is um, my children and my stepchildren and being a part of their lives and seeing how that grows. So if you ask you know, any day of the week, I'm gonna tell you I love being a mother. And mm. now I, all my children are adults now, if you can believe that. Mm. So my mothering looks different, but I still take great pride in it. So that's who I am at my core is um, a mother and a teacher. And then, uh, and I had children very young. Mm-hmm. But it felt right for me, so I have no regrets. I'm so glad I did. But it was I was young. I was a very young person, and so I I came of age while taking care of these little people, these little beings, you know, mm. and always thinking about them first and what's best for them. And so that was a lot of my decision making as I you know kind of came of age. And then um, as I began to grow professionally, I thought, Ooh, this this is working for me. You know, I kind of got this figured out or I'm, I'm, making, I'm making progress. And so really I'd say, you know, I was in um, sales for a lot of my life and I, I chose the sales path in particular because it allowed me the freedom to be a mother. If I had, you know, a, a track off assembly or, you know, something, I knew I could hmm. curate my schedule around that event and I could be there to be present. And that was super important to me. So I, that's why I chose the path I went down. And then I told you maybe 10 years ago, I kind of thought, okay, I'm doing this thing, but I, I want something else. And I um, decided to go to get into the wine industry. And I just sort of sat down one day and I said, I'm going to get into the wine industry. Created a company, launched Urban Vino. And at that time, I decided that I wanted to focus on wineries of um, and, and winemakers and vintners of color, as well as wine drinkers. Because I, as I told you, I was talking to a girlfriend and we were at a really cool wine event and there weren't many of us. When I say us, I mean brown people of color. And I thought, well, why are, why, you know, when you look at the marketing, it doesn't reflect me. I don't feel included. When you look, you know, sort of the wine story, I didn't see myself reflected, but mm. I knew I identified with it and I enjoyed wine and I enjoyed the, the culture of wine. And so that was sort of what prompted Urban Vino. I went and met with the CEO of my company now and I shared my vision, put a deck together, showed him the data, reminded him that he actually had 
vintners of color and he didn't even know he said really there's there's black winemakers and i said absolutely there are black winemakers and mm. uh, there weren't many then but um you know it's it's grown exponentially over the past 10 years so um he said yes i'll actually support your vision uh, but will you also come work for me i said yeah i'll come work for you because again my goal was to get into the wine industry mm-hmm. and so um and we were at a point where direct to consumer was just burgeoning. I mean, it was the, the very beginnings of direct to consumer. There were just a few, a handful of states you could ship to at the time. Um, there was a lot of, you know, still compliance regulatory. And I just sort of cut my teeth and, and you know, learned as I went. And, um, and the nice thing is because the wine industry is a, a few years behind standard industry, mm. I could take what I was learning over here in pharmaceutical and you know other industries and apply it to wine, and it made a lot of sense because mm. I could I saw it work there, right. and so it's because it was starting you know we launched here, and so I applied that here, did well, progressed within the company, um, and just began to take on more responsibilities, take on the departments nobody wanted, take on the projects nobody wanted, and then got success, and so you know here I sit, here I am now. What was your question? Where was I going? Well, I really appreciate you walking me through a little bit about the origins of your story, how mm-hmm. you got into Urban Vino. You saw that um, black people were not really we- represented That's in right. wine. Um, the, the words that you used last night is there was a club that you weren't really invited to. That's right. And you wanted to change that and you're, you're talking with your, your, your now CEO and you're presenting Urban Vino and all these data, all these numbers, data statistics, and you say, hey, you actually have black vintners in your, in your portfolio here. And he didn't even know that. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that the industry has become more progressive since then. It's been about 10 years mm-hmm. since that discussion. Absolutely. I mean, I can tell you, I've got clients who are now um, the fastest growing wine brand, you know, in the U.S. in the world, and they're and they're people of color, and that's exciting. I think one um, customers, consumers are starting to feel invited to the party. When you see yourself reflected, you go, oh, okay, I guess it's okay now. You know, before wine drinking was for you know elites or professionals or and and even when I started Urban Vino I thought I want this to be for the average everyday person who feels like on a Wednesday night I can open a bottle of wine and enjoy it right and not feel like it has to be a special occasion a birthday or a wedding you can actually enjoy wine on an everyday basis and the thing I love about wine it's like wine and weddings right I love weddings and I love wine and I'll tell you why because people show up their best selves Mm. You put on your best, you know, you find right. a really nice, even if you're just a guest, right? You find something special to wear, you put on your suit, tie, your dress, and you show up and you realize that there's sort of an elegance about it and you slow down, you're in the moment, you're acknowledging what's happening. I appreciate those moments. And so also with wine, I think you sort of, mm. you, you know, this beautiful bowl of passion, someone put a passion into creating this this wine and and you're reading the bottle or you maybe you're researching about the winemaker, the story, when did they pick it? You know, if you're really into it, you're getting into all the, you know, nuances of the bricks and, and everything, but you're at least appreciating this craftsmanship that's in mm. your glass and you're visually appreciating it, you're tasting on your palate. Um maybe feeling a little good after a glass or two, but it's a it's an embodied experience. And we tend to, you know, when there's a great experience, you don't pull out 
baboon's farm. You know, you you go to a very nice elevated wine, and it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be super expensive. But you you tend to go to something that um, is. And so I feel like there are certain things in life that make us feel a little bit elevated, and wine is one of those. You told me that you're inspired by others' passions, and I can yeah. hear that in in this story about wine and and how the, the the culture around it and why you love wine and weddings so much is to kind of slow down, show up as your best self to. Um, appreciate this art form, this craft, this artisan-made craft. So, what I mean, could you talk about the the root of passion? Like, what what are you passionate about? It's a good question because I keep asking myself that as I thought about my entrepreneurial journey. You know, I keep going back to Jenna. What are you passionate about? What do you want to do every day? And. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about wine, fashion, mood, right? I, I I love to get up and get dressed. Sometimes I used to go, what, what drives me to get up every day? I'm like, I get to wear a new outfit to work. You know, that's what drives me to get up every day. Mm. And so I enjoy the aesthetic and, and be- things of beauty. That That's something that I appreciate. But what I'm passionate about is helping people. Finding a woman, a young lady who is maybe questioning herself, struggling, not sure where she should be, uh, maybe shouldn't have the best supports through her formative years, or maybe she did and and, and rebelled, or, you know, I've, I've lived many lives, I've been many, <laughs> many iterations of a woman. And so I feel like there's so much I can speak to. And then now I can tell you, hey, when you get to the other side, it looks different, you know? And, and when you push through, it looks different. I can tell you, and you know, we can talk at another time, I remember going through really, really tough times, um, going through a divorce hmm. and feeling like maybe it's a good time to just end it. Maybe if I wasn't here, maybe if, you know, and wanting to just pull out, wanting to just pull back and say, is this really worth it? Hmm. You know, the pain was so intense and it ran so deep. I didn't know how I would get past the pain. Because in high school, you said, I want to be a mom and I want to be and a wife. Yeah, that was what I thought my life would look like. And when that, and I remember, I felt like I was looking at my life through broken glass. Like if you had a mirror and it's it's shattered when you drop a mirror. And I was looking at myself and there were all these shards and pieces. I knew it was me. I can see myself, but it was just all broken up and it didn't make sense. Hmm. And I remember try, trying to figure out how do I make sense of this? Mm-hmm. And so, as I persevered, pushed through, showed up every day, decided that I was not going to, I remember it took me, first of all, it took me the longest time to take off my wedding ring, right? Because I, I didn't mm-hmm. want to be a statistic. This is coming off the right. years of, you know, the welfare queen. And, and I even, early on, I worked for the county and I worked for the welfare department. And I was like, you know, I, I gained so much respect for these, for people, first of all. But I decided I'm not going to be a statistic. I'm not. And... I pushed through, I found a profession and jobs that work for me and the lifestyle that I wanted to create for my children. I put them in the best schools I could afford or I lived in the best neighborhoods I could afford so they could go to the best public schools. I made some very conscious choices for myself that worked for my family to get us where we needed to be. Um, but the to go back to passion, it really is about, um, there were times you know, I didn't know what to do. I, you know, I, di- I just didn't know how to figure it out, whether it was professionally, you know, I didn't know there was no one there to tell me what to do. So two, there were two things that I did in life. 
One was I ran home every single day and I watched Oprah Winfrey when I was, I'm sure, junior high, high school, wow. especially junior high. And I felt so much, I, there's some funny stories I can share with you about even how I bring her magazine around with me. But she, in so many ways, she, she raised me and she trained me and she taught me how to show up as a professional woman. And that was uh, what prompted me. And I still, you know, she's just an, an icon of mine, but I still, you know, I watch and I follow. Okay, so if Oprah were here right now, what would you tell her? What would you want to say when she comes on your show? <laughs> well, it really is. a. I thank her for showing up is the woman that she, you know, she, she, she just, she'll never know how she touched me, but she pushed me to, to show up as my best self, as a professional woman, to learn, to read, to keep understanding life. That's what I felt like. That's what I took from it. Right. And, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm just very thankful that I had her in my life at the time that I did in my formative years because she really taught me how to be a woman. <sighs> what was it about Oprah? What was it about her story? What, what was it that mm. created that connection? Well, if you remember, she, um, there was, wow, I, I think I'm making some new correlations because um, she was sort of, lived in this sort of adoptive universe, right, of not being raised by her parents and being, you know, shipped off here and there. Um, I am also adopted. Um, there was abuse in her early years. There was abuse in my early years. Mm -hmm. um, and those are things that, one, how brave of her in that time to be able to share those stories with the world. Mm -hmm. And then secondarily, you know, she didn't stop there. It's like, yeah, it's a part of my story and I'll share it and I'll tell you how painful it was, but this is not where life stops. This is where we're just getting started, you know? And, and you can never, as much as we say, I, I leave that part of me behind, you don't leave, it, it, it is still a part of you. It is part of your story, but the story continues to grow and morph and change. And there's celebratory and there's, you know, she made some very, clear decisions in her life about what she wanted to do. And and I feel like I've done the same. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that you are following in Oprah's footsteps hmm. because we live in this, we live in a, a generation now, we live in a world now where we are able to access via influencers, quote unquote influencers. That's so true the most intimate details of their life. And when you think about Oprah's vulnerability and giving others a platform, sharing this story, letting women know that it's okay, being, um, showing that you can become a black woman billionaire, you can you can Absolutely. create the life that you want and, and And that you can be mentored yes. by somebody through media because there was truth there was it, it was it was just truth right and, and and you were describing to me last night you're like well what if i put a video on tiktok and i get 10 negative comments do you think oprah's ever gotten a negative <laughs> comment come on a few. maybe a few <laughs> maybe a few uh so that's cool i like that a lot one thing though when i when i asked you about okay what are your superpowers 
in the working world. Mm-hmm. You said building teams, identifying strengths, working with people. I mean, you're head of talent and culture. Well, how, how do you love people this way? Because that, that's a really special gift. You know, I think from at my core, I'm a true believer that there's enough for everybody. There's enough for everyone. I've seen others approach it in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that, um, it, it made me sad because some, I've seen people hold their own team members back. You know, I, as I progressed, I would say, listen, I'm taking this next position. I would tell my managers or someone reporting to me so that there's room for you to grow. I'm moving up, but that means there's room for you now. So step up. So what, adopting that abundance mindset, there's room for everybody. We all can grow. Absolutely. There is boundless opportunity versus a scarcity mindset. Mm. It's very easy to get into to fight for position and to lead by from a, a place of authority right. versus earning that relationship. Yes. Um, John Maxwell calls that leveled one leadership is just, I'm the boss, therefore do this thing. It doesn't sound like that's who you are. No, not at all. Let's talk about how you love people. So mm-hmm. in your career, I asked you, you know, what are your superpowers? And you said, well, building teams, finding the strengths in others, helping to grow and, and, and cultivate that. So where does that come from? Wanting to see my team grow. You know, I, I again, I'm a big believer in that there's enough for everyone. Um, and so in making space for others to also have a path to grow, um, mm. I've, I guess, pushed myself forward. But I really do, um, I want to see my team succeed. I want to see them reach their own goals. The one thing I tell them every year is set your own goals. You know, we've got team goals and we've got corporate goals and we've got all these things. Set your own goals. Mm. At some point, they may or may not align here, and I will bless you on your journey to go somewhere else or to start your own or to do whatever that thing is. But have your own goals and initiatives and things that you're working towards, and let me help you. I will feed that. I think of one person in particular, she works for me now, and I remember she was you know, um, kind of in an entry-level position. And I said, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to I run this department. And I said, well, all right then. Guess what she's doing now? Running the department? Mm-hmm. Effectively. Yeah. Be- because, I mean, it, it comes, it, it seems very obvious to me that you want people to grow, that people yes. should grow and their lives should become better as a result of their role and the work that they're doing. But I can imagine that not everybody thinks that way. Yeah, correct. This is correct. Yeah, I've seen others um, manage from a place of scarcity or control, um, or just sometimes I. Sometimes it's hard, I think, for others to get out of themselves. I think we sometimes do this self-talk, and we get into a spiral of talking to ourselves, and we forget that we have to talk to others as well. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's 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 take a one eighty here, mm-hmm. and let's talk about let's talk about the show again. Because we're, we're getting to know about you and we're getting to know about the show. So yes. we're seeing professional Jenna, personal Jenna. But let's 
let's talk about the kinds of people that you'll have on the show, the kinds of stories, the kinds of things that you'll be talking about. Yes. Um, You said you're going to have creators, designers, people in the wine industry, people who are driving forward the metaverse and Web 3.0, athletes, people who embody greatness and are going after living a phenomenal life. I have had the amazing grace experience to meet some pretty incredible people in my life. They're not all, um, you know, some people just do the dang work and put their head down, you know, and they're not always necessarily recognized for the work that they're doing. I'd like to find those people. I know quite a few of them. And then there are those who really are celebrated, whether it's, you know, through their athletic ability, uh, you know, they've achieved a level of professional success. Um, and those I want to celebrate. We're going to celebrate those folks. I want to find out what's driving them. I want to um, talk about the different layers and, and what moves them and what doesn't move them. You know, there's things, there's all sorts of really cool things to talk about. Um, but I also want to get to, um, I, I'd like to, one, through my own vulnerability, provide a platform for others to show up hmm. in their truth in their vulnerability, and then let's talk about what pushed you past all of that. Hmm. That that leads me to the discussion about providing that platform. Yeah. Is what what is that platform? What is that stage? What is that elevation that you want to you want to give people? You said you want to recognize though those that are doing the work behind the scenes, but maybe haven't been recognized yet. But what what does that look like? You know, first of all, how do we? You know, how do we quantify success, right? You've got to put a measure or a number on it, right? And I think that's tricky. Because what's the first number you think of in today's world? Monetary. What are you, what's your income? What are your earnings? But right? is that really? Is it really all that success is? Absolutely. Is a is a bank account number? For some people, maybe. I think for most of us, no, it's not. I look at you know my parents who've been married fifty one years. They didn't get paid to do that. You know, they made some really hard choices to make it work, to stay together. That marriage is a proven success, hmm. right? So I think there are people who, and I can tell you, there are people who show up every day to a bang up job of getting, you know, managing their families. And um, sometimes it's just the mundane things, but doing it well and with purpose and with care and thinking about the next thing, not just, you know, getting through the day. And sometimes we are, trust me, I've been there where you're just getting through the day. Hmm. And you need you're a hero at the end of that because you're like, oh, okay, so I survived. And then there's those who um, I admire people who can sort of do it with planning and forethought, and and they know where they're going, and and that's a good thing too. So I'm going to be learning right along with everybody else about how do we do this thing called life. You know, I've got my path, and it's and I'm I'm going to share that and take from it what you will. But I also want to know about your path. I don't know what worked. Oh, you did that. Oh and jot it down. Because as I said earlier, there are times I didn't know what to do. And I had a, um, this was, this is my system. I would always say, if you don't know what to do, watch somebody who's doing it. Right? So I told you I would move my family to like the best neighborhoods I could afford. And and I'm like, well, okay, what are we supposed to do? And, oh, sweep the porch, sweep the porch. You know, okay, we do that. So, you know, you try to sort of morph and fit in. But if if, if I saw someone whose kids were really cool, and they were, you know, athletic, but they were also good readers. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's a cool family. Well, then I would study them as much as I could. 
Hmm. And I would watch to see, oh, okay, so it seems like the mother's really involved in these things. I think that's something maybe I could adopt, right? And so I would just continually watch. And when I saw something that made sense to me, I would adopt it in my own life. Hmm. So I had to choose my own teachers. You know, and I always say <clears throat> for women, um, if, if you really want to get ahead, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, sorry, I'm jumping around a bit here, but I'm gonna, this is coming to mind. This is great. When you want to achieve something, sometimes you have to lose your mind. Hmm. What do I mean by that? You got to you got to change your mindset. You cannot continue making choices that your mother, your aunties, and your sisters and everybody else made, and think that you're going to get a different result. You can't. Um, find teachers. Find leaders that are doing something that makes sense to you and the results are delivering. You can watch them, you can learn from them. Sometimes people are willing to share and sometimes they're not, that's fine. Observe what you can, take from it, read books. But we can sometimes, we, we have to remember that we can choose our leaders and we can choose um, our influences and our teachers. I've got a, I've got a question that I think people that are, that will be listening to it. You you did mention that there will be a spiritual component here is how is how's God showing up in your life? How's your, you know, spirituality mm-hmm. walk? Mm-hmm. God is ever present with me. It's always, 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 always for me. And there's been times when I've been very involved in church and I raised my children in church and you know we did all the things and you know vacation bible school we did all the things mm-hmm. and they they, t- they tell me oh thank you mom like they really appreciate those memories and um and there's been times where I pulled away and I thought and I struggled with things you know and and, and not that I pulled away from God mm-hmm. but I pulled away from church mm-hmm. and so and I'm at a point now I just, I just talked to my girlfriend Sunday I'm like hey what are you doing are you getting up for church she's like no but I need to you know and I'm mm-hmm. like God it'd be nice to have a church again wouldn't it and so there's nothing bad about it, but you know, the church represents a collective, right? Mm-hmm. A congregate, a coming together. I probably need more of that in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tend to be kind of a loner. I probably do need to do more um, fellowshipping, if you will. But in terms of my own spiritual practice and how I, you know, me outside of God doesn't exist. That's not a thing. I mean, I, you know, I wake up in the morning. I pray, I meditate. It's, you know, some people want to separate it and use words scare people. I, you know, I, I kind of pass the words of scaring people, scare. Mm-hmm. I do what works for me and and what brings me closer to God, mm-hmm. you know. And if, you know, I can walk my dog and see a little birdie jumping around and that reminds me that God said, mm-hmm. you know, what does he say about the ants? What does he say about the birds? Mm-hmm. And, and I feel protected and I feel cared for. And so I find God in all of his creation. Hmm. I find a message, I find a reminder, I, I rem- it reminds me of a scripture or a verse that pushes me and protects me. And, and so um, when you embody, when you really, really um, in your heart know that there's somebody, that force, the spirit, of God that's mm-hmm. surrounding you, um, what more do you need? You know, no matter where I am on this planet Earth, I know God is with me. I know I'm with Him. I know I'm His child. I know I exist in His favor. 
And so those things for me, I continue to, um, you know, sometimes I just laugh with God, like, did you see that? You know, I, some, I he's my road dog, you know, or I'm his. And, and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm laughing and I, I laugh at some things that happen and I enjoy his creation, uh, most of all people. Hmm. I get great enjoyment from engaging people. And and the truth, you know, oh, we're, we're all fallen, right? I mean, people are messy. You know, this this stuff, life is life gets messy. Okay, God cleans it up. He's got big paper towels. Mm-hmm. You know, he cleans it up. Have I made, I cannot tell you how many mistakes and weird things and why did I do that in my life? And God says, it's all right, honey, you're still mine. So there's a question coming up that I did prepare you for, which is, let's create a message for Jenna in the future. This pro- you've you've done. I didn't want to necessarily bring it up, but you you have this event that's coming up. You have all these exciting things in your life. You have Urban Vino that's now starting to take off. Um, the podcast. What do you want to make sure you remember? as you embark on this journey? What do you want to remind yourself when you're in the thick of it? Mm-hmm. When now you're, you're, you're in the thick of it again, you're in the struggle of building these things. What, what, what are some words of wisdom to your future self? Bring the good people with you, right? As I said, hire well, surround yourself with good people, whether it's professionally or personally. Surround yourself with good people. I want to remember to um, be kind to people and you, we, we just had this experience recently where, and, and I reminded myself and I reminded you that we never know what people are going through on the other side. Hmm. You know, we just don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. And so when someone has a bad day or someone's, you know, driving crazy or I'm at the bank and I just try to remind myself, I don't know what they're going through. I don't. It could be a really bad day. They could maybe her husband actually knocked her around this morning. Hmm. And she's on the verge of breaking down. Hmm. I, we don't know where people are. So in every exchange, um, I try to look for an opportunity to um, be good and be kind to people. So I want to continue to, I want to remember, it's life is so simple. Hmm. You, when you boil it all down, be good to those around you. Don't offend, don't hurt, we will, but you know, don't go out of your way to, to hurt people, right. you know? Be patient with them. Be kind. It's it's super simple for me. I, I want to remember to create, make space for people. Be kind to people. Um, that's what feeds my soul. <sighs> We've gotten to know a lot more about you, about your life, about your career, about your personal life, about your hopes, your dreams. You shared with us one of your greatest mentors. But I know that we're gonna get to know a lot more about you Mm -hmm. as this progresses, and I'm really excited about that. But for now, if you are listening, I would like to invite you to subscribe to the show. I'd like to invite you to rate it, please, on Apple, and leave us a review. Any questions that you have for Jenna, please reach out to her. And this has really been an honor and a pleasure to be able to join you for this first episode. 